0: Actually, I'm not speaking just me. This is a panel session with women, and it's not a women's conference because we're just changing things up. So, all the women that are going to be on the panel, come on, come on. Be excited about this. This is Danielle, Marcy, Gina, Heather. Yeah, I'm going to sit here because I'm going to pass it to you guys.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a second one.
0: I know the lights are like blinding you. The mics, the yeah. Hold, the, Hold mics the mics up to yeah. really close. OK. Um, I'm excited about this because it usually is a women's conference that women speak, and I just feel like that's kind of messed up because we uh, come, us women come in here from men and don't even think twice, you know? And then when it the roles are reversed, we had some people being like, wait, is this an all women's session? No. That. You know what? No. <laughs> But anyway, um, honestly, I'm a big planner, and I usually have everything written down and thought through, but I feel like the Lord would not allow that tonight. So get ready, and I'm going to just show you what it looks like to just wing it with the Holy Spirit and see what (laughs) (laughs) happens, and I just totally trust that he wants to do something um, different in me and through everyone here without it being scripted. Um, and because I live, you know, with the Holy Spirit and I'm always speaking to him. So it's not that you have to always completely have everything scripted because it's already in you. That makes any sense. So I just, for sure, I did want to start off and let everyone introduce themselves, like not your whole life story, but, um, (laughs) 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 like your name, you know, the ministry you're involved, involved in, maybe your children, family, something brief, something like that.
2: hallelujah <laughs> Hi everybody Hi. I am Regina Effie Jones otherwise known as noble queen of the house of the beloved <laughs> 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 I Like names what they mean and I think it's very important for you to know your identity Especially your identity in Jesus so if our kids know nothing else they know they are from the house of the beloved So they will always have that perspective that they are in and that it's a safe place. And um, this is my crazy husband over here, Jason Lee Jones with the horses and the lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. (laughs) And he is crazy. And sometimes I have to say, come here. Let's just talk down here a little for a minute. Then you can go back into the whatever. But... um, It's hard to explain a little bit of us, maybe just for a minute. Let's see, we have, we've adopted two children, Josiah and Faith Tuesday. They are gargantuan, um, but they're, they're not here this evening. They're taking a little rest this evening, a break, and they'll be up early in the morning and back again. And uh, it's just been so amazing to meet you guys and to see the church. I think it's so beautiful and so healthy. Um, I just It feels like family, and family is so very important to me. And um Jason and I function as missionaries or musicianaries, as we say, um, singing and and playing and i 've kind of followed him around for since we we're teenagers we 've been married for twenty five years and um yeah twenty five years let 's go and um we pretty much are morphed into one person at this point if you've, if 've you've seen me you 've seen my husband and so forth <laughs> right <laughs> but we um we just love what we do we love jesus we love um being to experience his body all over the world and in different nations and different languages and um, just to release a spirit of faith and um, just to go in kind of stealth and, you know, see what he's doing and listen and see what he says to do or to release. And there you have it.
1: Um, I'm Marcy Nary, Scott's wife. Um, I pretty much just take care of the home and keep him grounded (laughs) try to try to um we have we have five children one grandchild two two dogs (laughs) and um I pretty much try to keep the home fires going back home and um keep the church because we have a we have a local church where we live and try to try to keep that going whenever he's on the road I travel with him sometimes um but just trying to keep everything in balance don't you just love her accent yeah just
0: love it so cute
3: okay hi i'm danielle burns i'm chris burns's wife we have three kids um jude myla and ellie nine six and four and we're very similar to the jones household we are musicianaries as well we just go wherever God tells us to go, and our heart is to see cities transformed, and we do that just by being priests, worshiping God, and that's how we roll. And we came last year. This, it was my first time at the Rock City, this time last year, and um, it's just so incredible to see how God's put relationships together. We were in a really rough place last year, and um, very vulnerable, lots of crying, like, why, Amber, why, so it was just really cool, like she said, it's, it's so family, I've never felt anything like what is here, it's super special, and um, we, like, I get giddy, like, Christmas time, like, oh, we get to go to the Rock City, this is awesome, I'm so excited, um, the Rock City, I know, I mistakenly called it the Rock, which is a totally different jam. sorry, sorry, my bad, <laughs> So, yeah, that's our story. And...
4: and I have my own mic, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm Heather Burnham. Um, some of you that were here this morning got to hear my whole life story, speaking of life stories. But my husband and I um, are from New Orleans, Louisiana. We pastor. We advocate for the poor. We have, as well, five children, yours, mine, and ours. It's fun blending families. Yeah, but God is good and we're just we're passionately in love with our city and honestly just the church at large. Like I feel like God is just bringing reformation to the church and awakening his bride and George is happy to be on the journey with God. And um, we're so honored to be here and the divine connections that God is making just it was an instant family and so we're just so honored to be here and yeah
0: awesome okay before we officially start i want to say hi to susan mcclendon who's watching live susan and Susan, every how where where is she this direction hi susan we all need to turn oh, and say we miss you and this panel is incomplete without you Aww.
4: totally
0: she really was in one of our panels in the beginning. She's family, so next time you're forced to come, Susan. Love you. <laughs> Just had to get that in there. Um, okay, so I love talking about seasons. I love talking about where you are, what the Lord is doing in your life, because that is going to minister to somebody. Everybody's going to be able to relate somehow. So um, if it, it, it could be any one of you if you would like to share, like, what is the Lord speaking to you right now? What is he doing in your heart? Like, like I personally share that he's completely wrecking me, stirring me up for the, the outcasts, for the people that are lower income, for the orphan, for all of those radical things. Um, and so I just feel like a birthing and then With all of these intense words I got, I'm still trying to process those. Apparently, I'm building small houses and birthing Jesus in my city. (coughs) But that's all. I'm just like (laughs) like, no big deal. So I don't know what the, I would just, I'm just curious, like what the Lord's doing, what amazing thing he's doing in your heart.
3: So who wants
0: to start? Gina? No?
3: Okay. Okay, so many of you know, we um, did the sound in San Francisco. We lived there for two years. It was like a whole thing. If you don't know about it, my husband can tell you all about it. But we were there. And then we moved to Tennessee. And, um, you know, fully expecting that God had a mission for us. Like, we're here. God's moved us. Just totally anticipated and expected, like, something to explode, something to happen. And then the Lord just... Like, totally did this, Yui, and, like, it's just a crazy story how we ended up in New Orleans, and that's where we've been this past year, is my husband's been going every month, and we try to go with the whole family as often and as much as we can, um, you know, and we're literally... Experiencing an outpouring and a move of God in a bar, like we bring our nine, six, and four-year-olds to a bar and they freaking love it. Like they, <laughs> to <walk down> Bourbon. <laughs> yeah, they have to walk down Bourbon Street. There's like drunk people, homeless people, half naked, sometimes fully naked people. We just kind of, you know. And I, Myla hates the smells. Yeah, she walks down and she's like, "Mom, it smells so bad. I hate Bourbon Street." <laughs> But, um, you know, we're just, like, on this crazy journey, you know, we had this whole, like, idea. Like, oh, maybe we're going to start a school. Maybe we're going to be, like, worship pastors at a church. Maybe we're going to start a church. Maybe we're going to do this. Maybe we're going to do that. And we got to Tennessee, and the Lord's, like, hooking us up with saints and sinners on Bourbon Street. And so um, we've just been on this wild ride of, like, okay, we're just going to take every little idea that we have and just... Give it to God and just go on this journey and just letting go of every formula, every pattern that we had been used to in the past. And maybe it was really good in the past. Like we've been in seasons where we have been on staff and that was beautiful. And we've had seasons where, you know, we were plugged in and like, you know, doing schools and, and, and doing those things. And God's just really brought us to a place of rest, which is weird for us who are like really driven people. We want to be doing you know, and just laying all that down. And in the midst of all of the resting is this outpouring. And it's beautiful because Heather and Darren, they've been on the streets ministering for a decade, almost a decade. And, um, you know, God picked us up. We had nothing to do with it. haven't sown, time, prayers, tears, nothing. Nothing like what we're used to in the past. And so it's just beautiful. Like God's just given us this gift and these friends, and this family, and we've even, like, discussed, like, even if there wasn't this incredible revival and outpouring happening, we would still, like, ride ride or die, like, forever, (laughs) forever friends, so it's just beautiful how God, like, we thought it, you know, we had this idea, like, we're going to do ministry, and it's going to be huge, and really, God's just given us family, yeah, and he's creative, and it doesn't make sense, because we don't live in New Orleans, but God did it so we're just riding this wave whatever it looks like where wherever we end up and it's kind of scary when you have three kids who go to school and take classes and you know you're like oh my gosh what about routine what about their lives and their callings and their destinies and the Lord's has been really challenging us to not follow our kids but to just follow God and trust that he will take care of our kids so that's where we're at I know you have that look.
4: <laughs> no. I, I mean, same. I think like Danielle was saying, just God, we're in this season where I just feel like, God, there's plot twists. And you think that, you know, it's going to look like one thing. And then all of a sudden, like like me, like I was happy. I was so happy just out on the streets with my homeless people. And, like, and all of a sudden, he's like, um, actually, I need you to start a church. And I'm like, no. I'm like ripping my clothes like the Old Testament prophets, like, no. And, um, and at the same time, it's like he's marrying the two. It's just so crazy. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are. We're, we're literally not knowing what God is fully doing and just going step by step every day and being ready for the jagged twists and turns that seem to be happening. And, again, I think the purpose in that is that, Like, he doesn't want us to figure it out. As soon as we think we know, we don't know anything. And I think that's where he needs to keep us to actually use us, is to keep us vulnerable and not knowing and just trusting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a common place. I'm pretty sure everyone could raise their hand right now and say, like, we don't know what the end is going to look like. Like, I always just picture myself with, like, enough, like, the Lord's giving me enough light for right in front of me to take the step. But I can't see past that light. Mm-hmm. And so I've always just remembered that he's just going to give you enough to make the next best step, the next mm-hmm. best decision. And not to be overwhelmed with the later, like, yeah. with the end game. But I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to that. Yes? Do mm-hmm. you guys have
1: so for for me personally I've been in a season of um being totally undone like with no with everything everything that I've known in the past it seems like it's come to its end like a closing of a season and yet not really knowing what I mean granted we're you know we're we have a church and we have a ministry and everything but then you think about what that looks like for you personally. And for me, it's just a season of discovering it's okay not to know. It's, 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 it's okay not to know. Yeah. And you don't have to have a, a definition of what it is that you're doing. He gives me enough grace for the day and the moment I'm in and just to know him in that moment and not miss him in the per- in the person in front of me which i do a lot i do a lot but yet it's it's knowing him in the moment and and not and and being content with that so that's the season i'm in right now is just to just to be in that moment and not miss him i love that
2: <laughs> yeah. I just love being a mom and I love being a wife and I love being at home. And um uh last year, let's see, yeah, this is twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen Jason was diagnosed with um cancer and it was pretty intense. And um I'd already gone through a bone marrow transplant when I was fifteen. I went through leukemia, was given three months to live, like this miraculous god provided through one of my, um, half siblings, um, a, a bone marrow match that would have only been the only thing closer out of the oncologist's mouth would have been an identical twin. And, um, that was through my half sister. My mom remarried when, when I was three. And, um, so my baby sister that was eight at the time was my match. And, um, so, I mean, I know I mean, I was born and bred in a word of faith, church. I know the word like the back of my hand. I'm like, you know, Psalm 118, 17, I'll live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Nahum 1, 9, affliction shall not arise a second time. Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. Let's go. You know, like, uh uh-uh. When my my feet hit the floor, uh cancer doesn't live in this body. It's been defeated. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you know and then for then we we uh so born and bred and met this baptist boy and i said you got to come to church with me we don't sit on the back row and write write notes in my church the pastor will hunt you down by the holy spirit and burn eyes through your soul and you'll be like shabba (laughs) god bless the baptist love the baptist i mean come on baptize let's go but uh (laughs) So seasons, you know, they come, and and, um, and and you just have, I've learned, he's taught me to embrace them, you know, and I think our family sometimes is a sign and a wonder, as all of your families are, we're all living epistles, yeah. so you are a sign and a wonder, and when you behold him and you become like him, and then you're, huh, you know, in, a, in whatever season it is, like, don't let discouragement come in, and yes. and compare yourself to yeah. these Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Oh, God, I got this giant thing on my face. Like, what is happening here? You know, but I'm not going to compare because she's walking her walk and she's walking her walk. And, and for women, like, we need to really encourage one another. Like, the enemy would be after us to not, you know. And um, long story short, we have the privilege of, of uh, adopting two children later on. And, and I, I get to homeschool them. And it's the m- hardest, most difficult and challenging thing but the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life because I get to be with them, you know, and for this season, you know, and I could weep if I think about it that, you know, they say, and I hate the saying, but the days are long, the years are short, you know, and I know that time will come. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what are you going to do when I can't say I'm staying home with the kids? <laughs> You know, (laughs) because right now I'm like, oh, I'll be home with the kids. I'm going to go horseback riding in the morning with Faith Tuesday because just my favorite thing to do is to be with them. You know, and I think the Father's favorite thing to do is to be with us. You know, and so if we stop worrying about our inabilities or, or what have you, and just if we have eyes to see, and I know the whole 2020 and 2020 vision and focus and all that good stuff, but if you have eyes to see him, you know, and then you'll see when you look at him, you know, you look like your father, You know, and so I just would pray in this season, like he's still teaching me, but to have eyes to see him in every season and not be afraid of what you see, you know. And so that's, it's my privilege to, uh, yeah, to love on those kids and to be moms. And when the little babies are like distracting you and climbing all over you and you can't focus, man, God was giving those crazy kids of ours visions in church you know visions in our house you know visions in the shower as a four-year-old and i'm like what are you doing i call jason your son is seeing jesus in the shower and he's telling me all these things and blessed are those who have not seen and still believe (laughs) you know but god is there you know in all the seasons and so like i think that we should always be such a generational god you know we need our pauls we need our timothys and so even, you know, as women, you came and you're like, Amber, help. You know what I'm saying? And and you're reaching out to the Rahabs that don't even know yet, you know, or what have you. And and you too, you know, and, and it's just so beautiful to embrace whatever season you're in. That's my season. Yeah. Amen.
0: That was really good. We should have just let you preach. <laughs> I know, right? She can preach. Um, I as she, I know it might be cheesy we're going I'm going to go with the focusing the focus it's the topic of the conference. <laughs> Jeremy you're always going to get Jeremy chuckling. Um anyway the the um the vision the just I was just thinking about focus and how it's then it's a, a completely different decade. I mean, it's a kind of a big deal, and we haven't really talked about that in the conference, and there's a ton of other things that we've talked about that are amazing, but I'm just thinking about, yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, this is a huge deal that we're about to be 2020, and the it's not a coincidence that, you know, just thinking about focus and, how often we are so self focused and I feel like the Lord's really dealing with all of us not just me that it's so easy in this culture with social media and with just the ease of our society and life and comforts and pleasure that we just continuously go to the next thing to fill the void in the time and um, we're just constantly looking at ourself and our numbers and our likes and our followers and we're comparing and we're thinking about the next thing, like the next thing that we can get that will entertain us. And I've just been completely convicted about needing to be entertained, like needing the next thing. I, I don't know. Anybody else? Like yeah. I just think we're just a consumer-driven society for the most part. I'm not sure why the lights are blinding me even more right now. Okay. Right. <clears throat> what was I saying? Focus. Focus!
3: <laughs>
0: so, I... <laughs> i really do feel like there's a shift and that people in general like in the church and ministry are looking for something authentic and real i i don't think it's just me that likes to be real i think it's a, a thing that's happening and people are craving like don't give me your performance don't give me your professionalism just give me your raw vulnerability your heart what you're really you know what you really feel and so um, with that, I think it all comes down to intimacy, and we, you talked a lot about that. And I think in re, we uh, like as pastors or Christians in general, you're thinking like, yes, intimacy is what we have to have. And then life happens, and you're and I'm all about practical. I'm I'm a very practical person. So you have two. I have two little ones. I homeschool. Not everybody does, but it doesn't matter. You have a job. You have, you know, you even working out or whatever it is that you need to do. In your day that it's like that's great. I would love to sit in the Lord's presence all day long, but the reality is you don't you can't so I wanted you yeah. guys to kind of share like what does it practically look like with children or if you don't have young ch- whatever season you're in like how do you find time to be intimate with the Lord. And this could be practical because there's a lot of people here that are going to like practical. Like, like, what do you do? I know there's some people that are like really early risers. Not me, but what do you do? And what does it? <laughs> and what does it look like to walk with the Lord throughout the day? Like, w- like, and not compartmentalize the Lord is what I would love y'all to talk about.
3: <laughs> don't look at me, babe. Jeez, he's whispering to me right now. He's like, don't. I am not the speaker of the family, yes, obviously. You are. Yes, you are. Guys, come on. But um, <laughs> but this is like, yeah, it should be. You're no. much better than Chris. <laughs> okay, stop it. Okay, so as far as like getting time with Jesus, that is number one, the thing that I struggle battle for like the most. That is number one because if you don't get that, I'm a different person, you know. If I'm not with Jesus, I can get ugly. I can get rough.
2: And, like, you know when it's
3: bad, when your husband's like, I think you need some alone time with Jesus. I'm like, uh, I, now I feel like the, the demon rage, the rage demon is about to take your head off. Uh, but um, anyways, um, as a mom, I think the comparison thing is massive especially with social media and like i have like some really amazing friends and i've like you know look at amber Bendett's, you know instagram just let me say my say let me say it your instagram is beautiful and i'm over here with my camera trying with all my heart to take pictures of my kids and they look high they look dizzy they look like (laughs) they're like cross-eyed like I'm like, my children are going to think that. They were on drugs their whole childhood (laughs) because I don't know how to take a good picture. I'm technologically challenged. My husband bears the burden of, you know, doing the software updates on my phone. I struggle. but, um especially as a woman, your life is constantly changing, your body 's constantly changing, your hormones are changing, your sleep patterns are changing, and like, I think the whole point is just to never give up and I think a big breakthrough moment happened for me when you know I was just like flustered, and like you know obviously, you know your husband knows when you 're not in a good place, not in a good headspace, and he just looked at me, and he 's like, "Babe, I just feel like." You're like the widow, like you're like the, like, <laughs> no, this is the, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Thought I'm thought trying to be serious, you're serious and you're oh, laughing oh, oh, at oh, me. I was uh, no, like in the Bible, Amber, I I like, <laughs> like the he parable. No, sometimes he's serious. And this was one of those rare moments. <laughs> no, he looked at me and he's like, listen, babe, you know, you're like the widow. You're like giving God your widow's might. Like you see this person over there, and there maybe, you know, there's there's people who are able to give a million dollars worth of their time. But you're in a season right now where, you know, whatever you have to give is enough. That is the hardest, hardest thing to do. And um, when he looked at me and said that, I just began to weep. And I'm like, I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like my, you know, like, it. does it really matter? Does my five minutes or even, like, my 60 seconds of, like, offering my heart and just turning my gaze to him and telling him I love him for a few seconds, is that enough? Am I okay? Is God okay with me? You know, am am I going to have, am I going to be filled up enough to be able to pour into my kids, especially... Like you know, we want to be good examples. We want our kids to grow up loving Jesus and being healthy, you know. And when you desire good things, it's like, man, is this? Am I am I doing enough? And so um, it's never you never really figure out. Oh, I get up at five a.m. every day, or I'm a night owl, so I just go. I just I just get away with Jesus till midnight. Like mm-hmm. as a especially as a as a mom, like it's really difficult to do that. It it ebbs and it flows. And so there's times when I'm like, I, for a long time, I was not a morning person. My husband was, so I would be up all night. Or, you know, even if I had like 30 minutes after the kids went to bed, you know, I would spend 30 minutes of undivided attention to Jesus, and, and that was good for a season. And then there was another season where I did get up at 5 a.m., and I had an hour, and it was good. And, um, but then there's oftentimes more days where it's like, God... Here's my 60 seconds. I love you. You know, (laughs) that's all you got. But it's the widow's might, and and if Jesus can honor what the widow gave, you know, he can he can multiply. If he can multiply loaves and fishes, then he can multiply your time. And so what my is especially with, you know, us Christian couples, like my husband, he like he has a grace. Like he will go in his office and he will pray for like three hours. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) calm calm it down. (laughs) But he'll be in the office, and there's like this covetousness, this envy, which feels like righteous because it's like, I just need more time with Jesus, okay? And he's like in there spending three hours, and I'm like, in the kitchen, you know, doing dishes and somebody pooped their pants and they're crying and, oh, well, she took my toy. And all this is going on and I'm just staring at the door like, oh, I wish she would come out
1: right now. You know? Like.
3: I got the mic now, baby. Yeah. Okay, anyways... The point is, but I knew that, like, it, their, jealousy can arise, envy can arise, even amongst couples, because, you know, what I have a grace for, God can multiply my five minutes and do so much more with that than if I were to try to force and drag out three hours. Oh, yes. yeah. And that's okay.
0: Good job. Anybody else?
2: I'm kind of... Similar situation, like this one <laughs>
4: yeah <laughs> he has like
2: music in his bones, and so like our house is not that large, and so. <laughs> poor jason when he comes home and he needs all his hours with jesus and he has the music blaring like as loud you know as maybe as here tonight and and the kids are kind of like i can't do my math when dad's home like this you know like or whatever <laughs> or uh, or or i know that um we're big on song of solomon and um and when she there's that scripture about um just with one link of her necklace with one glance of her eyes and, you know, not to despise discipline and the time when you have three hours to give or where there's a season that he says you get up at 5 a.m., then you better give up at 5 a.m. or you're going to be in trouble, you know. But people work hard, you know. We get to live this life, you know, in the ministry or whatever, you know, and it's still whatever. But I know, you know, people work and, you know, there's not some, you know, box to tick or to check. And... um some of the, and I'm a night owl. If I get up to pray early, Jesus is like, go back to bed till you wake up with a better attitude. (laughs) He was like, come back when you have a better attitude. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you know, so he won't talk to me (laughs) until until I'm ready. But, um, you know, some of the, (laughs) some of the best times I've had in prayer, you know, are either he'll just catch me sometimes, you know, because my heart's always aware and like, you know which way's the wind you know today will it be while I'm washing dishes or doing laundry or will it be a moment in my homeschool text where I realize oh my word like you're in this science you know like or with the chickens or or with a neighbor that you know always needs help you know or something like where will I see him today and it's not always just a, a an egg timer you know and so it's just probably like you guys, you know, finding him wherever. A lot of people are like, I pray in my car, and I'm like, oh, my my husband will wreck. I'm scared when he drives us to church because he. I said, Jason, you can't drive with your eyes closed because <laughs> <laughs> he's always worshiping and praying and manifesting. I'm like, open your eyes, you know. So. <laughs> so wherever you know you feel that wind that's where you know to find them and it might be different every day or for different seasons there were times where we lived eat slept and breathed you know in the church and we were on staff for years and before we had kids and you know but then there was a season you know when it when it changed and you know I love that you know like looking at the door like oh my gosh you know you don't have the privilege of being there for 3 hours but the lord knows your heart and he will multiply those m- those magic moments you know so to speak kairos moments yeah
1: that's good do you have anything
4: I just want to say about that um there are times i, I mean i felt in my journey like where intimacy, intimacy is super easy where it's just like god's presence is just like it's just easy you can just close your eyes and you're there and then there are other times when it's like you feel like you're like working for, it. like I'll lay down and like put on, you know, worship music or whatever. And I feel like I have a hard time getting in, but I honestly think that's just, I don't know. I think it's that hide and seek thing that God does with us. But, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were just in this crazy busy season and it had been a few days of like 60 seconds. God, here's what I have. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I condemn myself because I get like I need to be praying, you know, X amount of time every day. And I I was just like beating myself up, which then makes it worse, you know? So I remember I, I needed answers. I was really seeking God. I needed some wisdom on some decisions and things that we were doing at the church. And I remember going, I need to have like at least an hour to just hear God. You know, we get so like spiritual. And so I remember going. I, I lay down in my little place that I connect with Jesus, and He goes, "Hey, go run that errand that you need to do," because He, I think, He knew that in the place that I was, that I, I couldn't like turn it off. And I had so much on my place, so much responsibility. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I know you need to go shopping. And I need you to do this and that. And he was like, let's just let's go. And when he put it like that, I was like, ah, oh. and literally I felt him come with me. And as I'm running my errands, as I'm shopping, grocery shopping for my kids, I'm getting downloads from heaven. He's given me the wisdom that I, you know, thought that I had to get laying on the floor. Um, and it was like, I don't know. So he's teaching me. I feel like in this season right now of the secret places, anywhere I go yeah. and, and connecting with him, whatever we're doing. Of course, I love that quiet time. There there are things that happen and things that he does for you behind closed doors that maybe you can't, he can't do at Walmart, but I'm just saying like, we have to kind of take the pressure off of ourselves and just know that he's, this is the secret place and we can access him anytime. And sometimes he'll just be like, Hey, let's go shopping and he will give me the wisdom I need, the refreshing I need. And yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so good. And I can relate. I feel like you reap what you sow And there's so many times that I've sown into the secret place and felt not a thing. And I would, David, be like, what's the Lord say? Nothing, David, nothing. He said nothing. But I was there. (laughs) He
4: showed up. And he's like, calm
0: down. I'm like, I'm just frustrated. I was there for a whole hour, and I didn't feel a thing. And he's like, wow, calm down. But I was... But I say that to say, like, I, I'm frustrated at times in the moment, but then I, I do know that you reap what you sow because there will be random times, like she said, that I'll be doing dishes or whatever, and he gives me this amazing vision, or I will be with my chicken. <laughs> yesterday, Brad, I'll tell you, it's so cool, his word, I'll just tell you how the Lord works and how it worked out yesterday. So I had a small window because on the conference it's like, insane for us, and um, we have the morning one, and then we stay late for lunch, and then we go home and get the kids down to rest, and then we're going to get ready and go back out the door, but of course with chickens and duck and, and dogs and fish, you don't just like get out the door, So and the cats, and so... <laughs> I was like, you know what, Lord, I really I'm feeling such like a stirring like I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like praying to him and I'm like, what is going on? I I know I'm not on that time of the month. I know the CMI. So it's not that I'm like, I'm just so emotional and I'm just like broken for the people that need help. And like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, you know, like, don't keep breaking my heart for something I can't do anything about and I'm walking in my yard and I'm just telling him all these things and just walking around and telling him I'm just talking to him. that's what it looks like, intimacy just talking to him because he's right there all the time like waiting
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he's, he just kept putting like pictures of houses in my mind little houses mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I like houses. What are you trying to say? <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say? Like, houses? Yes. I go, like, I would love, like, a community for, uh, I don't know what it looks like. Who can figure it out? I just know it's something to help people and make a community and, like, show them what we have. What we have here is so, so rare. I know it because when I travel and when people come here, they're like, what in the world? This is not normal. This is, like, foreign. I mean, it's authentic. It's love. And I really feel like if people had what we have, like, we have something so valuable, it would wreck them. It would transform them. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just talking about how life with the Lord is an adventure. And if you're missing out if you don't know the Lord because he's, like, always revealing himself and has you going a different way and all the – and turns and like life would be so boring without knowing the lord i mean i'm just so passionate about people having that kind of life like that's what's missing in our city that's what's missing Mm -hmm. in everyone that i see they have no hope they have no passion and we have that here Mm -hmm. and i want that for our city like my heart burns for that and he kept showing me houses Than you at the house, it's prophecy. You just gave me this, and I've never seen that movie. I'm gonna go, well, I know, yeah, I know it's a famous movie, classic. I've never seen it, but then when you said that, just like, Lord, you just know, like, He knows, like, every little detail, every desire, everything that makes you come alive, like. I mean, yes, I do take pictures, and I like pretty things, and I i know you love me, I know, I know you're just giving me grief, but, like, it's just like a creative outlet. I've always loved photography, I've always loved design, and I don't like it for vain reasons. I like it because I like to make things beautiful yeah. for people. Like, I like it to be inviting, and I, yeah. I want people to have nice things. and. Um so then you, you didn't say like they'll just be houses. You said they'll be really cute houses, really nice houses. And I was like, Well that's my word. Like I don't build houses, like it's gonna be like a beautiful house, like and, um so I'm just like laughing, crying with the Lord, like you are so like amazing, like and it's not just me, I'm not special. Like it's not that he has this really amazing thing for me, he has this thing for for me to share and we do it together as a family. It's never ever about me and it's never been my heart for it to be about me. I'm sorry. I just totally went on a ram. <laughs> what was my point? Oh, my point was that I was walking around and like, and there's so many times where I'm not hearing anything, and then you're just walking and just talking and like, please, you know, Lord, like, it'd be nice if you drop a line. Like, I, it'd be nice. Like, I, I'm here. I'm, you know, you're like wrecking me, but you're not talking to me. Like, I need some details. And then, I, you know, it doesn't always have to look like a prophetic word with such detail. I mean, thats <laughs> they are going to be houses. But um, it will be other ways. Like it will just be like mm-hmm. other times when I've been doing the dishes or I've just been walking down the stairs and it's like, bam, he says something. Yeah. And he, I don't think he does that just for someone that's never even aware of him or doesn't make time for him. I think he does that for people that are genuinely in search of his voice. Mm-hmm. And even and they'll sew and they'll keep coming back even if they don't hear anything because it's not always about if you hear something and what you're gonna get from the secret time. Yeah. It's about what you can give to him. Like, hey, I yes. love you so much, I'm here to park by the water and I have a ton of errands to do, but I just wanna be with you.
3: Yeah.
0: And if you wanna talk. That's good. But if you don't I'll keep you, me back. There's my intimacy spill. <laughs> so be excited to build some houses, guys. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right. Um, How are we on time? Are we needing to wrap it up? Are we good? I have one more question, I think. Okay. Um, okay. The last question, I wanted to, I know it's random, but I feel like, there's a lot of people, and I've experienced it myself, um, that have experienced just anxiety and depression. Anxiety is a big one. I felt like the Lord, some, for some reason, whispering in my ear when y'all are talking, and we're not even talking about that. So anxiety, because I feel like we're, you know, the scripture says his yoke is easy, burdens light, but yet we're always carrying such a burden. Of us feeling like we have to do things or make things happen. And I feel like that's a source of anxiety. So I just kind of want you guys to speak briefly on what you think, if you've struggled with anxiety, or what you think the root of anxiety or the answer for um, anxiety would be.
1: Um, I just had a huge breakthrough about two years ago in that area. I went through a very dark season. It started in 2013, and um, I didn't come out of it until 2018 whenever I was at the School of Life with Brad for the first time. Um, The source of my depression and my anxiety was a lie that I believed and I wasn't even aware of it. It was, and it wasn't like, like, I heard The lie, this particular lie, it was like bits and pieces of wrong teaching came together to form a stronghold. Yeah, that's good. Um, Through um, bad teaching and wrong teaching, um, a lie had been formed in my head that I couldn't go to the Father and speak about certain things because I would empower the enemy if certain things would come out of my mouth. So it, it bound me and held me prisoner to a fear and, um, I'll never forget it. Like it was, it was like, it was my breakthrough. It was my game changer. It has led me to this place in my life now to where I don't know what I'm doing and it's okay. (laughs) But, um, uh, basically We were just sitting, and we we were sitting in this group, and we were talking, and as we're talking, um, I think it was John Jabavi, he was talking to you, Brad, and he was talking about, you know, if the enemy knew what what it was going to do when Jesus went to the cross, then he would have done everything he could to, to keep Jesus from going to the cross, and as they're having this conversation, the Lord starts speaking to me, and he said, you know, Marcy, the enemy can't comprehend the mind of Christ. So when he said that, it was like this nuclear bomb of revelation went off inside of me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you mean to tell me that I can come to you because I have the mind of Christ and I can talk openly to you about everything and I can lay out your plan in front of the enemy and even though he can see the steps and the plans and the purposes, he still can't comprehend it and he still can't sabotage it. And... And... I think I even I was like oh my gosh and like everybody's having this conversation and I, I you know I yell and Brad's like Marcy you got something you want to share and I was like no no I got to process I got to process this a minute I, I got to think about this but um anyway I was sitting there and, I, and you know the Lord kept speaking to me and basically what it was was in 2013 whenever we moved to Canada we were missionaries to Canada for about two and a half years and when we left, there was a series of events that happened the day that we were leaving that started this this fear inside of me because we had to leave three of our kids in America um, and we took two of them with us. But I had this fear that all of a sudden, like the, like, the enemy was out to kill my children. And there was a series of events that lined up that brought that, brought that thought into my head and then confirmed it as we were leaving to go to Canada that very day. And, um, it just didn't get any better. It, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then we, we get up there and, you know, we're, te- we're taught, you know, I'd never been in a faith, a word of faith church, but it was, it was bad teaching that, you know, you don't let certain things come out of your mouth because you're empowering the enemy and this, that, and the other. And So, um, anyway, uh, long story short, um, that, that night, you know, I went to bed with so much freedom. All I could do was just lay in my bed and thank God because it was the first time that I was ever that I could, that I actually went to sleep in peace. Like it was the first time that I didn't lay there in my bed and, and beg God to to deliver me from what from anxiety, I would have panic attacks and anxiety and stuff. So anyway, and then the next night I went to bed and the and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, "Marcy, you know you still haven't brought, we still haven't talked about this. I've given you the answer, but we still haven't talked about it." And so I confessed before Him. I was like, "God, I'm I'm scared that, you know." that there is a plan from the enemy to kill my children. And he spoke to me again. He said, who told you that? And when he said that, all I could think about was Adam and Eve in the garden and them hiding. And they said, we hid because we're naked. And he said, who told you that? So it's identifying, it's spending that amount of time with the Lord and asking him, Lord, is there bits and pieces of things that have been brought together to form a stronghold in my life? That's the way it worked for me. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um,
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, sure, I'll share my innermost deepest, darkest fears with you all. It'll be fun. Um, Thank you for that. well, honestly, I never had an issue with fear anxiety like i was there i had three sisters I was always like the i was the middle child peacemaker go with the flow never had a a problem just whatever is fine you know and um you know uh, we um uh, we moved to San francisco um We've been in Tennessee now for a couple of years, but um, we had been leading a community of worship and prayer in a little town in Ohio called Chillicothe uh, for like eight years. And um, we had this incredible word confirmed by everybody that we were supposed to move to San Francisco and, and, you know, do the sound, which is this huge Event that we did where we just went to San Francisco. We went to Golden Gate Park, and we just worshiped it was a summer of love It was you know this word about it's the 60s again And and you know it was the same year we moved there the same year shortly after the Azusa Street or Azusa Azusa, um, Azusa now yeah the call Azusa and um, we went I was moved by Lou's story And um, we felt God, you know, like, confirm it. And so we were like, yeah, let's sell our house. Let's sell everything. Let's move to San Francisco. And it was very shortly after I said yes, I started getting these crazy panic attacks. And um, literally, I would just, like, hit the floor. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. And, like, Chris would come and pray for me, anoint me with oil, you know, cast out devils. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) He's always trying to cast devils out of me. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And it was like from the moment we said, yes, this thing just came on me. I never had an issue with it. Um, my mom, my sisters, they had, um, some severe issues with depression and anxiety and things like that. And that fear, it's like that fear of being afraid, like, oh my gosh, this happened to them. Is it going to happen to me? Am I going to live with this? Like, is it just time? Is this like a delayed generational curse that is just now coming upon me? And I'm going to have to like, (laughs) like battle with this for the rest of my life. And so, um, they just, it was like daily, sometimes multiple times in a day they would hit me. And, you know, when God calls you into something new, uncharted territory, I just, like, trusted God that he was going to fight my battles for me. You know, that God's going to, like, take away all my fear, take away all my problems. And, you know, it's like God gave me this word so everything's going to be okay. And not just be okay, but everything's going to be perfect. Well, when you're going into uncharted territory, the enemy's camp, you're not going to go in and it's just going to be easy peasy. Like there's just, there's going to be resistance. And we moved to San Francisco. We lived there for two years. We did what God called us to do. It was incredible, but it was not without a lot of offense for me um, because it was just messy. Like, I had so much anxiety. I was miserable. I'm like, God, if I'm in your will, I should be, I should have joy. Like, you should take this away from me. If I'm doing this crazy, you know, I sold my house for you. I moved my kids for you. I left my family for you. We moved from Ohio to California. My whole life has been turned upside down. Why aren't you fixing this for me? You know, like, I'm angry that your will, your plan wasn't packaged in this pretty you know, little present with a bow on top. Like I just anticipated, like, you're going to take care of this, okay? And so I had to learn um, a few things. You know, sometimes you have to keep showing up. Sometimes you have to keep fighting. Sometimes it's not easy, and sometimes it takes a while. And, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, endurance. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and why would he give it to you if you didn 't have to endure anything? So I had to learn that endurance in that season and Chris had to put up with my crazy and i mean it was it was insane, like to the point where like nightly I had trouble sleeping at night like i had I could hear growling, I could feel pressure on my chest, I mean just nightly like i i dread I actually was afraid to go to bed because I was afraid of the fear that might come upon me, and it would come every night. It was awful. But, um, through that season, the, like, it wasn't like this big dramatic, oh snap, you're over this. It wasn't this big, like prophetic word and the prophet gave me a word and everything was okay. It was. It was just being faithful. It was just continuing in the word, continuing to pray again, continuing to get up in the middle of the night. Chris, sometimes I get up, <laughs> I would wake him up. I would have a panic attack, and he'd be sound asleep, of course. And I would just be—I would hear like growling in my ear and pressure on my chest. I'm like, really again? And I just lay in bed, and I would just lift my hands up, and I'm like, God, you're worthy. God, in, in your presence, fear cannot stay you know perfect love casts out all fear god i love you and i would just worship and sometimes it would take a long time before i could fall asleep again and honestly, like, it, it felt like I was living in, like, this continuous cycle of, of fear and hell. And, you know, when you have family or friends who, like, live with that stuff, and they live with a medication, and they just are like, oh, this is just how I am. I had trauma, so this is just how I am. And it becomes a part of their identity. You know, I didn't want that for my life. I said, no, I'm not going to live with that in my life, and I'm not going to lay down and take it. So I guess I'm just going to have to keep on fighting. And, that, it, you know, you just keep fighting and you keep showing up, and you keep, you know, you keep, um you know, standing, and then one day you wake up, and you're like, I'm free, yeah. like, I'm okay now, like, yeah. I'm not afraid anymore, and so I, you know, it's just, an. it's, sometimes it's not this magical fix, and, and sometimes God calls you, and you're in his will, and it's not perfect, and it's messy, and sometimes it's really hard, um, but God's God's with you he's teaching you endurance and sometimes we like miss that and we yeah. and we don't want that. We don't want the endurance part. We just want the the quick fix. Yeah. So